Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our liberty-loving ladies and gents and they's and he's and hers and his's, all of you people out there, this is Zins another This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. My name is Nate, and right across from me is Charles Thompson. I'm back today. You're back. What? Yeah. You you were here yesterday? Oh, no, no, you weren't. The <laughs> Unabomber was here yesterday. That's yeah, right. Someone else was here yesterday. Yeah. Well, they did. Sounded kind of like me, but didn't look like me. They did way better than you. So, yeah, I wish, you know, I wish they were here, but it's okay. We'll deal with it. We'll deal with it. Sucks you can't fire me from my own show. I know, man. (laughs) I know. I've been trying. I'm going to work you out. I'm going to get what we'll do is we'll elect a board and I'll have the vote. I'll have to vote to remove you eventually. Yeah. Just keep diluting me. Yeah. So subscribe to the podcast before Charlie has his last days so you can hear whatever else he has to say. (laughs) Go to your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe or follow or whatever it is. I know a lot of you guys are listening on our website right now. We really appreciate you for doing that. But what we would really appreciate appreciate even more than what you're doing right now is if you go subscribe on your podcast app leave a rating and review charlie did you get any sleep last night i did yeah what about yeah. you no i got up no that's actually why i asked you i just want to talk about myself yeah how'd you, you didn't how'd care you like, how'd you like that lead in you didn't care actually good. care about my sleep i woke up at 3 a.m this morning just wide awake completely wide awake and i just immediately started making tiktok videos i just started making little one minute videos that we can post on there i told you to stop doing drugs man i know i know drugs that do drugs to sleep which is legal because Mm -hmm. the doctor said so and i i slept very hard until 3 a.m and i literally just sat up in bed and i just made content all the way until i left my house around 7 30 this morning got here at eight you probably thought i had just woken up but I had, I had not. I had already been up for five hours when I got here this morning. That's how you get stuff done. This right is there. how you make it in America. Quit wasting all your time sleeping. Don't sleep away your <laughs> life. Sleep isn't important. It's overrated. Come you know, on. You know what I did? What'd you do? I'd slept until 730. Well, that sounds way better. And it felt glorious. Yeah, that sounds a lot better. I, I really like it. Most people do that. Yeah, a lot of people do, but they're wrong. We have to talk about, <laughs> listen, today we got to talk about this insane myth. This insane myth that has just overtaken the nation about how to fact that the billionaires, the rich, the wealthy in our country pay a lower tax rate than the working class, specifically the bottom 50% is, is whom they would be referring. It's a completely bogus statistic but it's just taken off i've seen all kinds of videos of people spouting off the information that was in this bogus study where they said 20 you know the bottom 50 percent paid 24.2 percent and the and the richest 400 families paid 23 percent 
I don't know why we picked 400. There's 1.4 million people in the top 1%, and we had to specifically pick out 400 of them. It's always weird when you see people cherry-picking numbers, just to start with. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's an insane thing. I think what it is, and you can tell me what you think, your psychological analysis here. Is it just because it's what people want to hear? Like, it's what they want to believe? You know? Do, do you think that's what it is? No, I think that it's... Well, that's, that might be part of it. Yeah. But this thing is so grossly inaccurate. The fact that the, every single um, major news media outlet has written an article with the same headline. Yeah. And they've all quoted the same study and they've quoted the exact same study. And the fact that these two guys could get away with this without somebody massive out there, just completely destroying them to where they would, this, this quote unquote study would ever see the light of day. It just, it's, it just baffles me when you, when you actually look into the numbers, I mean, it's so obvious, but I want to read this article from business insider which is presenting the case that we're talking about right now, that the, that the evil rich billionaires pay a lower tax rate. So we'll go through this article, and then we'll go through another article from Forbes uh, that actually has some of the, some of the truth in it. And uh, we'll discuss like just how blatantly wrong this is. And I don't know if we need to have a psychiatrist on the show or something like that to figure out how to penetrate the mindset of these people who have just decided... I mean, even if you present them with the actual numbers, they don't care. Like, you can make a clearly logical argument about this research study, and they don't care because it's what they, what they want to believe. It's like talking to someone who's, you know, maybe you're talking to someone who's super religious and you're not religious. It really is. It's become a religion. Yeah. That they believe in it, even though it's nothing that they've seen. Actually, in this case, we have absolute proof that it isn't true. And they still believe in it. So it's like the Santa Claus, maybe something like that. So this, this article right here, American billionaires paid less in taxes in 2018 than the working class analysis shows. And it's another sign that one of the biggest problems in the U.S. is only getting worse. Now, that is a headline right there. That was just <laughs> a headline. That was not a paragraph that's in the article. No. All right. From Business Insider. Billionaires paid 23% of their income in federal, state, and local taxes in 2018, according to an analysis of tax data by the University of California at Berkeley's Emmanuel Saez and Gabriel Zuckman for their upcoming book, The Triumph of Injustice. The average American, meanwhile, paid 28%. Now, well, this is the these, o- where have these heroes been? <laughs> this is the only one that I've seen that said 28%, by the way. Where have these American heroes been? I, I don't know. Lives? They finally, they've been working as professors of economics at UC Berkeley. That's, that's where they've been. Jesus. The, the U.S., this is a quote, the U.S. tax system is a giant flat tax, except at the top, where it's regressive. Saez and Zuckman wrote in The Triumph of Injustice. As a group, and although their individual situations are not all the same, the Trumps, the Zuckerbergs, and the Buffets of this world pay lower taxes than the teachers and the secretaries. Payroll taxes and regressive sales taxes increase poor Americans' overall tax burden, according to, Z- to Saez and Zuckman, while capital taxes and target inv- that target investments, typically held by the ultra-wealthy, have been scaled back since 1980. Between 1950 and 1980, billionaires paid more than 50% in taxes, Saez and Zuckman found. Okay, so they're proposing a wealth tax to fix this. 
Which, by the way, does nothing. Like, we're talking about income here. We're, we're, we're talking about the income tax in this. And their solution for this is a wealth tax, which would do nothing about the income tax whatsoever. It would still be the same thing. It would just be a wealth tax. I mean, there's a clear, there's a clear problem here on the left of differentiating between wealth and income. That's always been an issue. Like, they don't understand the difference between the two. Right. Just like we talk about Jeff Bezos all the time. His net worth went up like $100 billion over the last two or three years. And people actually think that his income was $100 billion. Like, he just has that sitting in the bank. That's what came in. Even though Amazon, through the entire course of its entire existence, its net profit has been like $40 billion total. But somehow they found the money to pay Jeff Bezos $100 billion. Right. More than what their profit was. Yeah. Somehow. I well, don't, you know. Yeah. It, as long as you put it in the study. Yeah. It's in and, a study. Yeah. Then it's fine. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's in a study for a book. And I bet you they're not selling that book. I'm sure it's a free book. You wouldn't have to pay money. Right. They're not going to take money off of this book. They want everyone to read The Triumph of Injustice. It'll be donated. They're not going to charge people for it, though. That would be evil. That would be evil. So the next, this is like a a continuation of the article. Now, do you want to read the one from from Forbes? You want to come in with this so we can start destroying this? Did you read the part where they were advisors to Elizabeth Warren? No, I did not read that. (laughs) Like, this is important, I think. That is fairly important. (laughs) So... No, I did not read that, actually, although I put it in the notes. Yeah. So just so you know who's running for president, Bernie, you got Bernie and Elizabeth Warren. We, we have BernieLies.com and LizLies.com. And this is for a reason, because they're both um, of the same economic illiteracy that they deserve to uh, have everything that they lie about exposed. Yeah. And so just so you know, uh, Saez and Zuckman also serve as advisors to Senator, Senator Elizabeth Warren's presidential campaign. One of the most frequently cited wealth tax proposals, Warren's ultra-millionaire tax, calls for a 2% annual tax on households with a net worth between $50 million and $1 billion, and a 3% annual tax on households with a net worth over $1 billion. So, so the guys that did the study, the only study that we have, the only one, all of the articles that you post cite back to these guys' study saying that the billionaires pay less in taxes than the people in the bottom half to. The guys who wrote the study work for the Elizabeth Warren campaign. Yep. You're, let me just get, you're telling me that that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. This is insane. Well, that's what it says right here. This is purely insane. Yeah. And, you know, we, this all came up because, well, we've talked about this kind of before, but it's really come up because uh, several friends and, and people have said, oh man, every time I do research, like all these articles, this is what it says. Like it just says that, you know, uh, the working class paid a higher percentage than the billionaires. Yeah. Like, that's not fair. This is yeah. what is, I can't find any data. Well, here's the first thing is read the study yeah. or, or talk to us yeah. or listen to us because, <laughs> because you actually have to look at the numbers and how they actually um, get to their percentage. You can't just say, oh, they're from the University of California at Berkeley. So automatically their numbers. Just, yeah. Their numbers just add up. You actually don't even don't. Have, you actually don't even have to find alternative sources to be able to disprove this study. Right. Like it's it's in it's plain English in the study already. It's in the last paragraph how, of the article. Yeah. How blatantly but, obvious this is a bogus number. So let's look at pretty much the same article from Forbes. 
So this is out of Forbes. And by the way, you can find this pretty much on every site. It's Business Insider, Forbes, uh, what the Daily Caller, Daily Mail or whatever. All right. So this is called, are U.S. billionaires really paying a lower tax rate than working people? Probably not. Yeah. This one actually is so disproving this one, the study. It disproves a little bit. So economist Emmanuel Saez and or Saez, Saez, whatever, and Gabriel Zuckman, no one cares about <laughs> how you pronounce their names because yeah. um, they're clearly not intelligent. Of the University of California at Berkeley, which, by the way, this tells you how good that university is, so don't send your kids there, <laughs> have a new book that has generated an enormous amount of attention, which... Like you said, it's not going to be for sales. There's no, no reason why they would need this attention on the book. They're no. just going to hand these out because they want to educate you know, the populace. Obviously. One key conclusion. The richest 400 families in the U.S. paid an average effective tax rate of 23% in 2018, while the bottom half of U.S. households paid 24.2% of their income in taxes. Oh, my God. <laughs> but are the Berkeley professors right, or is this just hype? The answer is by no means straightforward. It depends on what you're measuring and how you are doing it. And the choices Saez and Zuckman have made were necessarily arbitrary and more than a little controversial. And see, this is what no one else wants to talk about. Thanks, Forbes. Start with what they are measuring. They say they are looking at all U.S. taxes, including state and local taxes, federal, individual, and corporate income taxes, payroll taxes, estate taxes, and excise taxes. Um, were they looking at the alternative minimum tax? I don't know. Because that thing exists, too, by the way. <laughs> by the way, in America, if you're rich enough and you do your taxes and your accountant's like, oh, well, based on your income, we did this tax thing for you and uh, this is how much you owe. And say it was like, uh, you know, a million dollars. You owe a million dollars in taxes. Well, if you're rich enough, the, the the United States government's like, well, we have an alternative minimum tax for you. Okay. Like, this is what happened with Donald Trump's, um, the one release, the one that got released, I think. Well, you saw that he had paid like $10 million in an alternative minimum tax because the government just decides, well, at some certain point, um, the standard tax code that you get all these deductions for uh, that no longer applies. We're just going to exclude all that because you make so much money, you have to pay a minimum, an alternative minimum tax. Nice. So I don't see that that was included in this study, but I just find that so ludicrous. Yeah. So anyway, no refundable credits. This brings us to the first problem. There are no, uh, there are no official tax data for two that for 2018 millions of people still are filing their returns so Saez and zuckman built their analysis on older data and uh extraploited to 2018 so they just made up 2018 yeah based on all the did i pronounce that word right uh it, <laughs> it ex extrapolated extrapolated yeah. wow that was terrible then <laughs> Wow. Are we live? We're live <laughs> from Nashville, so they, Tennessee. So they extrapolated uh, to 2018. Um, oh, it's misspelled. That's why. Meaning they, why they up. made up 2018 exactly. they, from a projection from the numbers they had from 2017. Right. Yeah. But because the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act fundamentally changed the individual and corporate income tax codes, that is no easy feat. <laughs> then there is the matter of what they were measuring. While Saez and Zuckman used an extremely broad definition of taxes, they left out refundable tax credits like the earned income tax credit and the child tax credit. So to me, this is the most egregious thing. Yeah. Well, regardless of whether they made up the numbers for 2018, who cares about that? 
but they left out actual numbers, like numbers that actually exist on purpose to get a specific result. Yeah. So those of you out there who make, you know, less than $50,000 a year with kids, at least, um, you probably get a return on your income taxes because most people, they have a regular job where their pay is withheld from their check and it all goes to the government. You never really see it. It's a couple hundred dollars every paycheck. You know, you're like, oh, well, my take home pay is this. You never really even look at your gross and all the other things you pay for. Uh, at least I didn't when I had a regular job. And so then at the end of the year, you know, you go to H&R Block or whatever. You file online with, uh, you know, uh, whatever the free ta- turbo tax is. Yeah. And they're like, oh, great. You qualified for $5,000 back. <laughs> and you're like, oh, woo. Let's go got, buy a new washer. The government gave me money. Yeah. They <laughs> can't wait to get that check. Well, now they direct deposit it finally anyway. So, but, but the reason why that you can get the, the, some of those taxes back is because the government actually has in, in the tax code, what's called refundable tax credits, meaning, Hey, I took some money from you, but since you uh, are in a certain tax bracket, you have what's called an income or earned income tax credit, which reduces your tax burden. But that also goes into the negative, by the way. So yeah. not, it doesn't just reduce your burden. Like if you paid a thousand dollars in taxes and your earned income tax credit was two thousand, you got a thousand dollars. Now I wonder if that does that apply for your income for next year? So you have to add that thousand dollars to the government. I, I don't know. I don't, probably I don't so. not. Probably it do, it not. And <laughs> lucky for all you parents out there, there's a child tax credit. Thus, a worker with two children who received a refundable portion of their child tax credit of $2,800 would look like they paid zero federal income tax when they really paid a negative tax. Meaning, not only did you not pay anything, the government gave you money. Yeah. and It's a negative tax. But here's the crazy part. Like, just using some regular round numbers, and this is what I put in the article that we put out today on the website. If you uh, just say you're in one of the low tax brackets and you made $20,000 this year and the government took out $5,000 of your income over the year. Now, that's more than what they're actually going to take out, but we'll just keep it even. So what, what they would say, what Saez and Zuckman would say was that you paid a 25% tax, right? So what if you file your taxes and since you only made $20,000, they took out $5,000, they gave you all the tax money back. All the five thousand, or maybe they gave you back four thousand, and you have a couple kids. So let's say at the end of the year, you get a six thousand dollar tax return, even though you only paid in five thousand dollars throughout the entire year. Now here's the bogus part of this study: Saez and Zuckman would still say that your effective tax rate was twenty five percent. They disregard the fact that you got money back. Yeah. So the- they just decided we're not going to count that. And this is just, this is everywhere, man. Like, this is just like a common talking point yeah. for everyone that like, everyone, it was on the view. We talked about it the other day with, uh, with, yeah. with Rand Paul. It's just like a, it's, it, it's just part of their belief, part of their ideology, even though the numbers don't support it at all, which goes along for everything well, else. So the believe, re- guess, so. And the reason why they excluded this out of their analysis was because if you actually run the math and Nate, correct me if I'm wrong, if you actually run the math. People in the bottom 50% of the tax uh, who pay taxes, your effective tax rate averages 2.1%. Yeah, so two which point, is a, yeah. 2.59% was 2. the most 5, recent 9. number I could find. 2.59% if you're in the bottom 50%, which is much different. Yeah. 
here than the number they're trying to say, which is between 24.2 and 28%. You want to know what your average, what your actual tax rate is if you earn between $1,000 and $15,000? Uh, negative. It's got to be negative. Negative 14% yeah. is, your, is your effective tax rate. 15000 to 30000 is negative 5%. And then the 30,000 to 50,000 is right at 3%. Yeah. Now, if you actually go up to the top 1%, that number is 23%. Now, the thing is, they, they got the tax rate for the top tax bracket right. Because people in the top tax bracket, they don't qualify for the earned income tax credit or the child tax credit right. or anything like that. So it was easy for them to apply these rules and figure out what the effective tax rate was for the top 1%. But then they just blatantly decide to leave out the fact, I mean, what's the question that you, we're all trying to answer here? That we're talking about what people are contributing, what percentage of their income is getting taken by the U.S. government to contribute towards the public good for all of our great public services. Like the question is, what percentage of people's incomes are getting taken from you and are kept by the government and spent by the government. Like, so if that's the question you want to answer, then how could you possibly not take into account people who received back all of the money that they paid in and still say that those people paid 28% or 25% or 24.2%? So you're not trying to answer the question at this point. You're just trying to present a narrative. That's all you're doing. Oh, because you work for the Elizabeth Warren campaign, by the way, and you're trying to sell your book. You know, even if the, let's say the tax rates were the same or you were paying more, let's say you were paying 24.2% and, and the billionaires were paying 23%. 23% of a billion is still a whole lot more, more tax money yeah. than 24% of $50,000. Yeah. Like we said the other but day. It's not true, but that's not even true, though. But the, 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 you know, the millionaires and billionaires, they pay almost all of the taxes, by yep. the way. Almost no one else pays any taxes. You, like, when was the last time you got audited, Susie? You probably <laughs> haven't. Because your you know, $10,000 that you've paid in or gotten back over your lifetime doesn't matter. Like The people they audit are the billionaires. The millionaires and billionaires. Make sure they get all of their money. Now, they do audit some other people. I'm, just, I'm, I'm generalizing here. But... The rich people pay almost all of the taxes in America. And this type of bold-faced lie, I think, in fact, I'm surprised that Mark Zuckerberg did not put a, uh, you know, a fact check on this and cover it up. Have you seen that on Facebook, by the way? No, I have seen some of that. Yeah, if yeah. you spread lies, it says, oh, uncover, because this has been yeah. fact checked. Well, that's the this. This should be one of those things that, you know, qualifies so, this is just disgusting. So that's the whole problem with leaving social media, by the way, to determine what what are are not lies. You know, AOC made that whole point about how she could run an ad. I can't remember the stupid analogy she made, but she said something about a crazy ad that she could run. And OK, you can determine like an obvious lie, like you run a run an advertisement that says. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a literal vampire that will suck the life right out of you. Like, okay, that's a lie. But the problem is, this is a lie. This is literally a lie. And it's been pushed all over the place. And none of the fact checkers are going to do anything about it. You can't tell me it's not a lie. If you're actually asking what percentage of the person's income was actually taken in by the government and not given back, what percentage of their income did they actually pay 
when all the dust was settled, you're not answering that question. That's not what you're doing. If you were answering that question, then you would say 2.59%. That's, that's what you would actually say. But instead, you're going to say this number, and you're going to completely leave out part of the statistics. It's a bull-faced lie, and that's why you really can't trust. You can't trust the social media to fact-check this stuff. They literally increased it by 1,000%. I, I know. You know, you like you move the decimal point I over know. one. Well, that's they, what I so they literally increased it. Speaking of increasing it by a thousand percent, I was talking with these people on Facebook earlier. I had this complete, just crazy, annoying conversation, and I completely decimated this person. I mean, just complete to the point where obviously, after we exchanged twenty comments back and forth, he was like. Well, I'm not going to, I don't want to debate you, man. I, I'm, I'm just saying, blah, blah, blah. Like, you've been debating me. You just lost. That's why you said that you don't want to debate me. Yeah, I'm not here for the debates, man. The, yeah, I'm not here to debate you, yeah. man. Yeah. So, so when, when, uh, when I completely proved everything that you were saying wrong, then, uh, then that's what you're going to say. So these people, even when they're presented with the facts, you literally put the numbers in front of them. It, it just purely doesn't matter. And that's why it's like, it's like, it's like a religion to me. It's, it's truly like a religion. And I don't know, have you ever seen anything like, like, do you have some type of a, a way to get out of this, Charlie? Like what, how do you honestly think it's replacing religion? Yeah. Like this is what their religion is. It's, it's, it's just, it's another religion. Yeah. It's a, it's a replacement religion for them. And the problem is, you know, when, when someone believes in something, regardless of whether or not they've had any type of proof of it, I mean, if it's truly part of their belief system, I mean, there's just, I don't know what you can do about it. I really don't know what you can do about it. That, I don't think there's anything you can do. It's literally what we spend every single day trying to figure out is how to get, how to get through to these people. And this person was clearly saying that first off, he started by saying that taxes had actually gone up for people, that the, they were tax cuts for the rich, that only the billionaires got anything off of it. And I was, he was like, they took away all the deductions and they, and they did all this stuff. And I was like, first off, they, they doubled the standard deduction in the, in the tax bill. They, they, they actually doubled it. And they took away some of the deductions, like for your state taxes, but then the standard deduction like more than covers what most people were ever deducting from their taxes. Most people don't uh, deduct uh, individual items anyway. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, because I it used usually, to go through there. I used to put like how many miles I drove and yeah, but usually how much doesn't my even car add up to the standard. Was. No, no. Yeah. Uh, now on years when it did add up to it, I would, I would actually do that. But, but, but I actually, you know, the past few years, I haven't been doing anything about it. So it's, I went through this conversation with this guy and I actually think they took down my post. That's why I wasn't able to find it. Uh, I couldn't find it on the page earlier either. How about that? So that's, a, I was looking through the page before the podcast on my computer and I couldn't find it anywhere. And then I was just looking for the comments back and forth earlier today and I can't find any of the comments on my notifications. So I'm pretty sure they took down the post, but we, we went back and forth. I explained the data. He gave me the whole thing about how the rich paid 23% and the, the poor paid 24 I told him, hey, clearly they did not take into account the earned income tax credit. He just starts spouting off about, well, the, 
the the tax cuts and i posted something from the year 2015 showing that they paid 2.6 percent he was like well that was in 2015 we've had this is 2020 i was like so you're literally literally telling me that their taxes increased a thousand percent in the in the last three or four years you don't even have data for those years by the way yet but I mean, you're telling me you're trying are you trying to tell me that their taxes increased by 1000 percent over the last few years because this is an actual screenshot from the irs.gov website saying that the bottom 50% paid an effective tax rate of 2.59%. And you're telling me that now magically in 2018, which by the way, they didn't have 2018's numbers. They made them up. So in 2017, two years later, the, the tax rate, the effective tax rate for the bottom 50% had increased to, from 2.59% to 24%. Literally a thousand percent increase. That's yeah. what you're saying. Somehow. Couple, he ignored that because obviously it made too much sense. He didn't know what to do. And then he said, well, the tax cuts, you know, they, they barely lowered taxes for anyone. They, they really just lowered taxes for the rich. I was like, but you just, so you literally just proved my point again. You said that the tax cuts did lower taxes for people, yet you're also arguing that their effective tax rate must have gone up by a thousand percent in the last two years. Yeah. Like, which one is it? It, it can't be that people left out data in the no, study. No, it can't on be purpose, which is blatantly in front of you when you're looking at the research. Right, it says it. It's literally they say, right hey, there. Hey, we left these off. Yeah, it's like if I was going to tell you about the income of the one percent, and I left, I, I decided I was like, well, here's the income of the one percent. Now I'm not going to take into account uh, anything that they made from stock market investments or inheritance. Or, well, you can just say Jeff or, Bezos is only worth eighty thousand dollars a yeah, year. If I just said Jeff Bezos only gets eighty thousand dollars a year from Amazon, all of these people would be like, "Oh, you're not counting this, this, and this, and that's obviously a bogus statistic because he makes money from doing all this kind of stuff." Like when it's something that that is part of their religion. Then, yeah. then they'll start arguing for. That's it. how they defend it. That's is what this seems like. It, it is. It's a religious ideology that they they're they're following. Yeah. And there's nothing like I mean Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. It's those are gods to these people. I know they they might as well be etching their speeches in stone out there. By the way, I looked it up, and in 2017 <laughs> there were 46 and a half million households who itemized their deduction. And that's changing to just over 18 million people is to project in 2018, meaning that about 88% of the 150 million households that file taxes will take the increased standard deduction. Yeah, it, it helped me out a lot. Well, I mean, I got married, I was filed married last year, and that's $12,000 standard deduction for a married couple. Well, five, I think. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was awesome. I wish I would have had some kids. Yeah. Like uh, it, that just would have made it one better. You would have got a child tax credit. But unfortunately, since they didn't lower the actual percentage down very much for the taxes, that's the one that the people pay attention to. Like, say, the, the, the tax percentage for the middle class or lower class went down by 0.5%, which I think is about what it was. Well, that's what they pay attention to. Not the fact that they doubled the standard deduction that you get to take when you, do your, mm -hmm. when you file your taxes. Like, that was a pretty big deal. That if you want to, you can only pay attention to the fact that they lowered it by 0.5% for those people. It's just, it's complete hypocrisy. There's no, there's no logical principle. There's no statistical principle whatsoever. It's just, 
I, and I don't know how to argue about it. If you guys that are listening live, watching live, listening to the podcast, message us on here if you want to. Message us on one of our platforms. Tell me if you guys have had any type of success in having these conversations with people. I think you might have had some success, even though it may be deleted and he... He yeah. may go on to continue to be a Bernie supporter, or believe some of this stuff. But I think what you do is you just plant that little seed of doubt. Yeah. You're like, hey, man, look, I'm just telling you what the facts are. You don't have to believe me. But that little bit of doubt, when you plant doubt in somebody's mind, you can't stop thinking about. You can't stop thinking no. about that doubt. It'll always be there. Like, you know, let's say in a relationship, if you doubt somebody and you're like, you know, 50 years down the road, maybe it may take 50 years. Yeah. But this guy now, look, the problem, this entire problem could be solved. I've got the answer, Nate. What is it? If everybody paid zero in taxes, yeah, <laughs> we'd all pay the same. Then we wouldn't be complaining which is about nothing. It. <laughs> we wouldn't be on this conversation. This study wouldn't need to be done. They yeah. could go on and do something else at the university, of California, Berkeley. I'm sure they've got other things going on right here. These Berkeley professors, they've, They've got other things to do. You wouldn't have to waste your time arguing about taxes. There would be no IRS. You wouldn't have to file. You wouldn't have to know what to file. You wouldn't have to yeah. make sure you, you know, you filled out your papers correctly. <laughs> None of that. Ron Paul was right. Taxation's theft. If it was zero, <laughs> everyone would be fine. Yeah. We'd be happy. There'd be nothing. We wouldn't be fighting about who was paying more or less. Nope. Eh, no. That'd be amazing. It'd be so great. That, can you that's imagine the actual solution? Can you imagine the economic growth? It's never going to happen. That would be spurred by. No, it's not going to happen. It's it's not going to happen. We get it. We understand. Yep. It's not going to happen it's not, ever. It's not real. But we can wish. We you know we can dream. That's fine. That's fine. Someday when the entire government is destroyed, there won't be any taxes. So <laughs> what? Uh, didn't they ask Ron Paul? Uh, yeah, they did. They're like, what would you like to ro- lower the income tax rate to? And he said zero. <laughs> yeah, zero. <laughs> On the presidential debate stage. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> love this, it. To me, this comes, I put the notes here. This, it come, this whole thing comes from the need, like when something's not going your way, you need to be able to claim that you're getting <clears throat> screwed somehow because it makes you feel better. It makes you feel like it's not your fault. It makes you feel like you're not in control, which I don't understand how that would make you feel better. But you want to think that you're getting screwed. Just think about you're watching a football game with your favorite team. Like, you want to blame the refs. You want to say the refs are screwing you over. That's what you want to say. Even if, you know, they should have never been in that position in the first place if they would have done their job right. But you want to talk about how you're getting screwed. And the plain fact of the matter, like Charlie just said, is we're all getting screwed. All of us. We're all getting fleeced. <clears throat> Regardless, we're still mad about the 2.59%. Yeah, I'm mad that the bottom, you know, half of people still have to pay an average of 2.5 percent of their of their uh, income in yeah. taxes. That's terrible. I would like everyone's taxes like to be lower to down your, to 2.59 percent. I want you to get your 2.59 back. Actually, yeah, I was going to tell you a, a time that I did have a success on this. If you let me, re- so on Instagram earlier, we were talking about Jeff Bezos, and it's kind of this point that I just made a second ago, where Amazon's total net profit all time. Like $40 billion, $40, $50 billion. I don't know the exact number. Somewhere around in Does that there. that include all their losses that they <clears throat> took before? Yeah. Okay. I, w- I went through every year of their public filings and put it all together. And so far, they've came out like $40 or $50 billion ahead. Something like that. Okay. Which is good. Good for them. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. there's no Amazon. So somehow people still think that Jeff Bezos has been able to get paid $100 billion by Amazon. 
that the workers have produced a hundred billion dollars in surplus value off of the products and jeff bezos has just been taking it but that's that's not actually the case jeff bezos has made all this money he's got all this money I actually told this person on Instagram, I was like, Amazon didn't give Jeff Bezos that money. Your grandparents gave Jeff Bezos that money. And they were like, what do, you, what do you mean by grandparents? So I said, the people's retirement accounts are in the stock market. Half the people in the country have money in the stock market. And the grandparents statement was just in reference to the fact that most retirees have IRAs, pensions, 401ks. That's all the money that Jeff Bezos is worth it's not from Amazon's profits. They've only ever profited 40, 50 billion total. They lost money most of the time they've existed as a company. So the idea that he's made $110 billion from the workers is just simply non-starter. It's simply the value of his stock, which has gone up because it went up because people invested money in the Amazon. It's not from- Because they believe it's going to keep it's, going. It's not from profits from the company. It's not from cuts off of the workers. It's because all these people in the country that invest for their retirements decided to invest their money into Jeff Bezos's company and that upped his net worth. It's completely disconnected from what Amazon's profits are. If you don't believe it's disconnected from profits, look at something else. Look at Uber. Uber has never made a profit. They have never made money. They have only lost money every year since they started. And in fact, their CEO says he does not know if they, were, if they will ever be profitable. Yet they are worth over $70 billion, even though they've never made a profit, ever. Now, you could look at the net worth of the company and then the net worth of whoever started it and say, well, he's taken that money off the backs of the workers and that's surplus value and all that. When actually the workers for Uber have never produced a profit for the company. They have never performed a profitable tax, uh, task for Uber. Nope. Uber has always lost money every time the workers did something. Yet, you could look at the fact that they're worth $70 billion and say, well, they've stolen this money from the workers. It's not the workers' money. It's not the company's profits that the company is worth. It's all these people that invest their retirements in the stock market that are making a bet that more people are going to keep betting on Uber that are making so they don't lose their money. So they don't lose their money because they think the price is going to go up regardless of what their profits are. Why does, why is Twitter stock price? Not zero. They've never made any money. I think one quarter they, they made money. Neither a Snapchat, neither a Snapchat. They've always lost money yet. Their price somehow goes up in net worth sometimes during the day. Yeah. And it's purely based on people, thinking that their price is going to continue to go up. That's why they buy into it. But anyway, it's, it's completely disconnected from the actual profits that the company has made. So when you look at Jeff Bezos's net profits, you think that you could change something and all that money would go to the workers. That wasn't their profit that they created. They've only ever created 40 billion in profit. That's other people's money that have freely, they have freely given their money to Jeff Bezos. You know what I've been thinking? This $40 billion in profit, that must have only come from you know, greedy libertarians and conservatives because there's no way in hell 
any of these, you know, Bernie, no, no Bernie fan is ordering from Amazon. No, they don't have Amazon accounts. No, no, there's no way. No way. There's a hundred million prime users and all hundred million of those people have to be libertarians and conservatives. They are. That's it. Because Democrats would never order from such an evil organization. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way they would ever do that. They would also never shop at Walmart and nope. they would, you know, no. they would never use a credit card or put their money in a bank or nope. anything that. like that. That yeah. There's no way they could. To be fair, other people could look at us and say, well, you would never drive on the road, would you? Or your <laughs> kids aren't going to go to a public school, are they? My kid doesn't go to public yeah. school. So. <laughs> but, but yeah, they're, they're still probably choosing yeah. to give Amazon 130 bucks a year or whatever it is. I don't know what it is now. I they, don't call the cops. They, they don't have to. There's probably a store in their area they could choose to drive to and buy. Yet what they'll do is they'll go ahead and get their Amazon Prime membership. They'll get all their stuff on there. And then they'll Facebook post about how Amazon's ruining the country and people should put their money in the local businesses. <laughs> that's that's what they'll do. While opening their box. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, oh, I just can't believe. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, right oh, before look, this. one day shipping. <laughs> <laughs> Right, while watching the new comedy special yeah. on their Amazon Prime <laughs> video streaming account. Uh, in fact, I just put in an Amazon Fresh order right before we started this show. And you it's going to be delivered between 5 and 6 p.m. They I had a me. package delivered. I just got a ring notification. I just got a package delivered. Wow. So That's amazing. Amazon owns ring also. It's amazing what you can do. I know. It's just incredible. Do you want to tell us about the Galdern deficit? We the are, budget. Are we going to talk about deficit or are we going to talk about all these uh, terrorists that are? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tell me uh, about how you're a terrorist. Well, everyone is, I think. Now. Every, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So a new article. This is out of Forbes. Department of Homeland Security forced to release list of keywords used to monitor social networking sites. So in case you don't know, all of your activity online is being monitored by the Department of Homeland Security. And because of the relevant. Uh, revelations of uh, Snowden re most recently, but other revelations of the, the intellectual community, the IC uh, of everything that they've been monitoring. Well, what they do is they create these lists that have keywords and the keywords are what they search for. Um, and then they can search, you know, your different posts and things like that. Now they get your private posts and everything like that. So it doesn't matter what you say to a friend or whether you make it public or not. But I think almost everyone has probably used this word. So guess what? We're all on the list. Yeah. You're all part of American domestic terrorism. <laughs> and you're going to go to Guantanamo Bay's. We need more. We need more Guantanamo. We need, they need a bigger facility. Yeah. That's what we've, we've been waiting on for them to build, build bigger facilities so we can all go to prison. Uh, so actually, that's what the wall's for, maybe. It is. <laughs> going to keep us in here. All right. If you are thinking about tweeting, if you are thinking about tweeting about <laughs> clouds, pork, exercise or even mexico think again doing so may result in a closer look by the u.s department of homeland security in a short appearing earlier today on the uk's daily mail website it was reported that the dhs has been forced to release a list of keywords and phrases it uses to monitor various social networking sites the list provides a glimpse into what dhs describes as quote signs of of terrorists or other threats against the U.S. <laughs> oh, I put the, man. List, the list is down at the bottom of the notes, by the way. The list was posted by the Electronic uh, Privacy Information Center, who filed, which, by the way, stands, uh, the acronym is EPIC, which is pretty cool, uh, Electronic Privacy Information Center, who filed a request under the Freedom of Information Act before suing to obtain the release of the documents. The documents were part of the department's 2011 analyst desktop binder, 
desktop binder used by workers at their National Operations Center, which instructs workers to identify media reports that reflect adversely on DHS and response activities. The information sheds new light on how government analysts are instructed to patrol the internet searching for domestic and external threats. The Daily Mail's article noted the Electronic Privacy Information Center, EPIC, wrote a letter to the House Homeland Security Subcommittee on Counterterrorism and Intelligence describing its choice of words as broad, vague, and ambiguous. What wasn't disclosed is how the agency actually gains access to the various search engines and social networks to monitor the specified keywords. That wasn't really disclosed, but Snowden, there's yeah. a pro, there was a program called X Keyscore. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we have to disclose yeah. that. Um, they're, they have access to everything. Just go ahead right. and they're probably tapped into this camera right here. This guy has a guess. He says his guess is the DHS has a special arrangement with companies like Google, Facebook, Microsoft, Yahoo, and Twitter to gain secure direct API access. They don't even need they that. They don't need a they special. Probably, all they got to do is. They probably do have it. All they got to do is hook up to the NSA. Right. Like the, they don't have to have an arrangement with those companies. Right. This type of access would allow it to use distributed cloud technologies to monitor the daily flow of social media and search activity in something close to real time. So they're collecting all your data. Yeah. But we already know that. Yeah. But this list, if you go and look at some of this, it's just absolutely insane. But even what they mentioned in the beginning, clouds, pork, exercise, or even Mexico. So all you people who had New Year's resolutions to get some more exercise... <laughs> Yeah. You're a terrorist. Yeah. They've got, um, let's You're see. You're a threat to the U.S. These these keywords are going to get you looked into. Tornado. Hurricane. <laughs> ice. Help. <laughs> wildfire. Burst. Let's see what, what we got. Yeah, we had cloud. We had cartel. So don't talk about the Mexican cartels. You'll be double looked into. Southwest. Drug. Gang. Southwest, Violence. like airline or I don't know. It doesn't matter. Wow. S San Diego, <laughs> San Diegans. Yeah. Um, let's see. Iraq, Afghanistan. Okay. Target. Don't go shopping. <laughs> don't do that. No. Uh, any number of country names. I mean, just all kinds of country names through here. Flu. Don't tell anyone you have the flu. Dang it. I texted my family that I had the flu. Tamiflu. Tamiflu is one of the words. That means you're a terrorist. You're a threat. <laughs> you might be a threat if you type in the word Tamiflu. Yeah. <laughs> God, uh, I hate good. our government. It's it's. it's I crazy. hate our government so much. They have to justify their existence, so they came up with uh, what they were like. Hey, pick ten percent of the words, and then let's just uh, look into anyone that says those words. Okay. Uh, Listen, I, it's in the interest of national security, Charlie. This is so grossly incompetent. Yeah. Like, well, first of all, they shouldn't be collecting this data to begin with. But second of all, if you're going to collect the data and you're actually looking to stop threats, why in the world would you create a list so big, so ambiguous and so arbitrary that you're literally just going to collect everyone? Yeah. Like now everyone has to be looked into. That's the problem. Now, who ha who can actually look into everyone? That, and that's so the answer is no one. While a lot of people will be saying, well, these guys are just crazy libertarians. We got to have national security. Yeah, they they must have something to hide. They need to know. They need to know if those if the terrorists 
are going to win and they got to find those terrorists. So they got to look for all these keywords, Charlie. Come on. If you got nothing to hide, there's nothing to worry about. Like Charlie just said, these are all words that all of us have said in our email and our text messages in our social media posts. Well, we just listed them off on this podcast. <laughs> every, all the time, every single one of us has talked about one of these words at, at length. And how are they possibly going to look in to the inner workings of every single one of the people that mentions these words? That's the, that's the problem. That, that's the actual problem. So if you're, we're talking about actual security here, I mean, I know they've got to have some other filters they run some of this through, but it's probably stored on a three and a half floppy A drive, more than likely, <laughs> somewhere down in the basement on the, on the Windows 95 screen. So I'm, I'm just saying, it's probably not that great. Which, by the way, for all of you out there, this, this what the Department of Homeland Security is doing is a is your bipartisan effort yeah this is the bipartisan effort between republicans and democrats they all think that they can just have all of your information and then not only that it's an unelected so we don't elect any of these people that are looking into our lives we have no control over them whatsoever this is technically what you would refer to as the deep state these are the career government officials they're not elected they hold these positions for 20 30 40 years there's no oversight i mean they probably have an oversight committee but we already talked about that and yeah. how the corruption runs because you don't we don't even elect the, the oversight committee. Right. So it's like they, they literally they uh, they they operate with ambiguity. They can do whatever they want. They look at whatever they want. They make up all these bogus things. They're looking into everyone who says Mexico as a terrorist. It's just absolutely insane. But by all my, by all means. Let's all be really mad at Facebook because they might be violating your privacy. Right. Yeah. We, <laughs> let's be really worried about that because privacy matters. Yeah. Right. So speaking of bipartisan efforts, this is from Business Insider. Here's a quote from Donald Trump. This is a problem, guys. Any Republicans listening, this is an issue and we need to, we need to look at it and be serious about it. He says, quote, who the hell cares about the budget? Trump tears in the critics of mounting federal spending and debt under his watch. Yeah, who cares? Now, President Trump ripped in the critics of, of rising federal spending under his watch, according to leaked audio files of a lavish fundraiser held at Mar-a-Lago on Friday. Who the hell cares about the budget? We're going to have a country, Trump said, according to the Washington Post, which published the remarks over the weekend. Is this what he said at his company, too? Like it, <laughs> Yeah. Who cares about the budget? Who cares? We're going to have a company. <laughs> I fired my CFO because yeah. I'm the best CEO FOOO there ever was. <laughs> the Post reported <laughs> that he bragged about increasing the defense budget by at least $2.5 2. probably over 10 years or something, a sum that could be attained after adding several years of government defense spending. The Pentagon's budget for the 2020 fiscal year totals $738 billion. Trump campaigned in 2016 on eliminating the federal debt in eight years and reining in the deficit. He'd said in his campaign that he was going to eliminate the federal debt in eight years. Probably deficit, probably not debt. A key concern of Republicans throughout President Obama's two terms in office. They often accuse Democrats of being excessive spenders, which racked up the deficit. However, it's, it's okay if their guy does it. Yeah. However, Trump veered the opposite direction as president. The Republicans tempered their previous criticism. Well, they've tempered it. Yeah. The 2017 tax cuts blew up the federal deficit. That's not, I don't, what an idiot. Which near $1 trillion in fiscal year 2019, a 26% jump from the year before as it steadily increased every year in office. Listen, when you're running out of money at home, 
Now, the amount of money that you're making is a problem. But if you continue to spend a lot more money than you're making, that's the thing that you need to actually account for. So I hate it when people say that tax cuts blew up the budget. The tax cuts did not blow up the budget. The fact that we spend way too much money blows up the budget. And that's the part that actually needs to be fixed. There being a large budget is not justification for taking more of my money. It just isn't. That's your reasoning right there. We can't cut taxes. It'll blow up the budget. Lower the freaking budget. Anyway, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act will cost $1.9 trillion over the next decade. According to the Congressional Budget Office, which is always right about everything, Trump also signed a $1.4 trillion budget in December that boosted defense spending. The Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, a nonpartisan budget watchdog, estimated earlier this month that Trump's spending priorities will pile an additional $4.7 trillion onto the debt through 2029. That's actually less than what I thought. But anyway... Here's the problem. He, by the way, he did say that. Did he? He said the deficit and the debt because he said in April of 2016, he told the Washington Post, we're not a rich country. We're a debtor nation. We've got to get rid of the 19 trillion in debt. I think I could do it fairly quickly. I would say over a period of eight years. <laughs> That's not even, po- I mean, it's not possible. It's now for, 22 for, trillion. For, for 23 trillion. Yeah. It's he's, n- he's not even going to eliminate the deficit in eight years, let alone starting to tackle the debt. I would I would say that the the tax cuts added a problem only in so far as we we did reduce a little bit of the um the tax if God I hate calling it revenue yeah we did decrease um how much money the government steals from everybody yeah by a little bit and we increased spending still yeah, yeah. so so when you look at a, a this is like basic accounting when you look at the ledger of you know, how much is going out yeah. versus how much is coming in. And when what's going out increases and what's coming in goes down a little bit, something's going to happen. Then that, the deficit increases. This is like yeah. the, the most basic thing you can think of. And you know what makes me really mad? There's a, I don't know if you added this article in there, but I just wanted to mention to you guys, by the way, uh, the defense budget um, includes this is back from March, but it includes the Department of Defense spending $4.1 million on lobster tails. <laughs> so it's like, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. How much was that natural gas station in Afghanistan? Like $50 million? $50 million on a natural <laughs> gas station. Like the, yeah. the, the, the spending is but out of control. But there's no room to cut the defense budget, and Charlie. Look, we need all of it. But look, it was out of control under Obama and all the conservatives were right by chastising him. Yeah. And his direction and his deficits and the debt and, and doubling the debt and all that. But all of a sudden, it's Trump doing it and it's just crickets. And this is what makes me mad about my own family, even that are Trump supporters. It's like, look, I get, you know, especially when they say you should support Trump from a Christian perspective. Like, well, number one, he doesn't seem to hold many values of what a Christian person no. holds. Like, I don't know him, so I couldn't tell you, like, yeah, he's a Christian or not. But anyway, then they also say, like, well, he's he's doing so much for the country. Like, what? Bankrupting us? Like, is this is We've this got jobs? Is this conservative value? Yeah, is it good to have a job for five years or for fifty? Yeah, the, like yeah, you might have a job for the next five years, but when, then what happens when it all comes crumbling? It's like, oh well, we're going to have a, we're always going to have a country. That's the attitude. Like, oh, we're always going to be the United States. It's the I guess that's what Great Britain thought too during their empire. It, it's the same hypocrisy 
that we see on the left all the time. And it's the hypocrisy that, that really bothers me with it, because like you said, Republicans were very critical of Barack Obama. We had the Tea Party movement. We had people talking about the spending and the debt all the time. Obama doubled the debt. All kinds of stuff where they pretend to care about the deficit and the debt and inflation and the Federal Reserve printing money and all of this stuff. And then right now, like, you know, we'll probably get a negative review about being Trump haters on here. Listen, we're not here to support one man. Okay. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to support one ideology, which is that you own yourself. Pretty simple. Don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff. If he does things that fall along that ideology, then we'll support it. If he does things that go against that ideology, then we'll talk out against it. You need to ask yourself whether or not you're being an honest person, a principled person, by not speaking out about something that you were just chastising Obama for a few years ago. Something that you've probably spoken ill of Obama for on Facebook in the last few days for doubling the debt. You don't care about the debt. Yeah. You just don't care about the debt. So stop talking about it because the problem is we're not always going to have a Republican president. They only care about who's in power as long as it's their guy. Yeah. Or gal. And if even if Trump gets another four years, we're going to have a Democrat president. And when they start spending like crazy, just like Trump is right now, you're going to start complaining about the deficit and the debt. And no one will care because you're a hypocrite. That's why no one will care because you don't care right now, which means you're being a partisan hack. You're not actually being a a principled conservative. If you actually care about the debt and the deficit, you need to start talking about it right now. That way, when there's a Democrat president in one or five years, you'll actually have a principled leg to stand on because this is the problem. We keep this vicious circle going all the time. Well, the last guy did it. They did it. And that's your, that's your answer? Well, he did it. He doubled well, the yeah. debt. That's not a response. Every time we get that. That's not an every, answer. Every time. I don't understand it. It's now. It's 2020. We still have the deficit. Like the you fact- mentioned one thing that you mentioned something like this and what we're going to get on the Facebook page. This is never, it never fails. Yeah. They're going to be like, well, Obama doubled it. Well, what do you think Trump's going to do if he keeps doing this? Yeah. It's going to be doubled again. We'll have the same amount of debt added or more during, Obama, during Trump's eight years as what we had in Obama's eight years. Well, and of course, Trump can say who the hell cares about the budget because he's only going to be in there for one to five more years. And then he's old. Yeah. So it's like. And he's a billionaire. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's a billionaire. So he's like, well, I'm going to be fine. Yeah. Why do I care about the budget? Why do I? I don't care. All these people want to spend all this money. Sure. He's fallen into the line of, you know, it's like we're it's like we're addicted to drugs, which is our deficit spending. This idea that we have money that we don't, and he's fallen into line instead of coming in and saying, "Nope, intervention. You're getting off the drugs. This is gonna suck. You're gonna go through withdrawal, but we've got to get on the right track." He's gotten into the line saying, "Ah, oh, you know, yeah, maybe just keep the drugs going a little bit. It's way easier, and people, you guys like me way more for it, so." We'll just do that. We'll just keep that heroin drip coming. My problem is not with Trump. My problem is the Republicans and the conservatives 
that are following him because I know what's going to happen. When Trump's out of office, there's a Democrat. They're going to start complaining about deficit spending again. There ain't no one on the right going to talk about this. No. Not a single one. No. Rush Limbaugh, Mark Levin, Sean Hannity's. I've heard Ben Shapiro talk about how the deficit was a problem, but you he think, has not done it nearly as well as we just did. No. no so We just absolutely crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, you know what you can spend your money on, Nate? What, what's that, Charlie? Well, why don't you just tell them? Well, I, uh, we have a great opportunity for everyone. Do you want to run Facebook ads? This t- is the opportunity, by this, the way. This is the opportunity of your yeah. lifetime so far. Okay. You want to run Facebook ads on things that you care about? Maybe it's the wealth tax. Maybe it's taxation. Maybe it's liberty. Maybe it's the deficit. Yeah. Maybe it's the deficit that's a problem. The debt, inflation, the Fed. Do you want to run a Facebook ad? Maybe you just want to be left alone. On a page that's got, you know, what was our reach over the last month? 1.3 million is what it's at right now. Something like that. It's a lot. That's what our Facebook page reaches for the last month. 1.3 million. Do you want to run an ad that's going to be seen by who knows how many people? Depends on how much money you got. If you want to run a Facebook ad, here's what you need to do. Go to our website, gmlconnect.com. Click on support the show. Now... It says supporting the show, but what you're going to be doing is supporting your ideology. You're going to be supporting liberty. That's what you're going to be doing. You do a support the show. You can pick three, five, 10, 20 bucks, and then we'll email back and forth about whatever the issue is that you care about. And we will designate that money into running Facebook ads to whoever we want to pick as the audience for the issue that you care about. If you want an anti-Bernie Sanders article and you want to specifically target people who like Bernie Sanders on Facebook, we'll do it. We do it all the time. It's fun. All the time. Yeah. It's one of our most favorite things to do. So you can go to gmlconnect.com. You can quit your whining, your complaining. You're, you're just talking about this stuff while the, while the country goes over a cliff. And you can actually put your money where your mouth is. And we can actually get the message of liberty of whatever whatever your ideology is, whether it's Republican, conservative, whatever it is that's pro-liberty, we'll we actually need, get it out there. We need you guys to join us. We need y'all to join us. And uh, maybe we should even, um, the, those that sign up, thank you so far for those that have signed up and those that are continuing to sign up. I think we should create like maybe an email group for them. We'll send out a report once a month. Yeah. We'll show you the analytics. An ab, an ab report, yeah. Yeah, we'll show the analytics. We'll show you your uh, dollars at work here. We're not going to hide stuff from you like the federal government. Jesus, <laughs> we're an open source community here. All right. But we need your support. We got to do this together. There's only one way for us to actually win, and that's to take actionable steps. So join the Good Morning Liberty group that we got going. Support the show. Support what we're doing. With that, it all goes directly back to fighting for liberty. That's exactly what we're doing here. So gmlconnect.com slash I'm sorry, just gmlconnect.com. That's That's it. it. Yeah. GML, which stands for Good Morning Liberty. That's easy (laughs) to remember. GML and connect because you're connecting with us. (laughs) So gmlconnect.com and click support. Which is dot communications. Yes. (laughs) Simple. Yeah. Dot dot communications, but take off the communications. That's just dot com. <laughs> I don't know if that actually stands for communications. Me neither. <laughs> no, it could be commerce. It could be, could, yeah. I don't know. We don't Com- know. Communism. It doesn't matter. I don't know. doesn't yeah. even matter. <laughs> it's the most famous. GMLConnect.com. And then what's cool about that link, by the way, not only can you support the show, but you can also follow us 
on all of our social media sites. And you can also subscribe to the podcast, which is the number one most important thing that you can do is subscribe and then share the show. So you've got Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram. Did I say that one? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Email, MySpace. Twitch, MySpace. Yeah. Email. Everything is on there. Periscope. That's what we're going to do. That's where we do our giveaways. We got some cool things lined up for 2020. Uh, so gmlconnect.com, that's the place to go to. It's the easiest way to connect with everything that we're doing. Support the show. And then the other thing that we need you guys to do is share this with a friend, share it with an enemy, and share it with your communist uncle. Leave us a rating and review. You guys do all that. We'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.